What's going on, cool Christian nerd community? This is your host, your brother, from another mother but the same Heavenly Father, Jamie Centeno. This podcast will help you to be the smart one in what matters in any social gathering you're in while keeping your cool factor. Now, how's this going to go down? I thought I'd hit up some of the smartest, most experienced, most keeping it real people I know to talk about subjects they are prolific in and that matter. If you are a younger believer still working out how you are seeing the world and wondering how a person of faith should engage it, this is the podcast for you. I want to keep it brief but beefy with helpful info. Let's go. Today is going to be such a great interview. I'm having this interview with Pastor Jeffrey Smith. He is the lead pastor of Strong Tower Ministries in Fredericksburg, Virginia. This guy, he's a consultant. He's a coach. He's a speaker. He helps organizations improving their level of effectiveness. You're going to enjoy this time as we talk about the friendship zone. Let's listen. Well, I'm on the line with Pastor Jeffrey Smith. How you doing, my friend? I'm well, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so glad you're on this podcast today with me. And I was just thinking about this subject. I'm like, this guy can talk about so many different things. He has a plethora of experiences. And this is the topic I chose to pick for him because I think this is something that he, you just exemplify so well. Wow, that's a big compliment uh, coming from you, uh, Apostle Centeno. I have great admiration for you and for what you're doing there in the Philadelphia area. And I've certainly enjoyed our friendship and relationship as it has grown over the years. And it is just my honor and privilege to partner with you and hopefully bring some uh, blessing and benefit as a result of our conversation here today. Thank you for the opportunity. Hey, no problem. I know you will. Hey, any exciting things you're working on these days or looking forward to? Yeah, I uh, just got back from Eastern Europe. I was in country wow. Latvia, the city of Riga, which is the nation's capital. Had a great time over there doing some regional meetings and doing some work with pastors there. It's exciting to see what God is doing in that part of the world. And uh, at the end of June, first part of July, I'll be going to Africa and we'll be in South Africa and uh, doing some uh, church work, as well as working with leaders there also will be in Johannesburg, Pretoria, and in Durban. So we're doing a little bit of travel. It's great to be able to see what God is doing in other parts of the world and just how the body of Christ is uh, continuing to expand and establish the kingdom. And uh, here in Fredericksburg, God's been good to us. Just next mm. month, we'll be celebrating six years being here at this church and uh, just leading the people here into just a brighter future. And we're thankful and grateful to be here. Yeah, Strong Tower Ministries. Absolutely, sir. Fredericksburg, Virginia. Yes. Man, I can't wait to visit there someday. Yeah, we want to get you here soon. Yeah, no problem. Well, I wanted to talk to you. This The subject we're talking about today is this um, the idea of what friendship looks like and looking at it as, is it a necessity or is it one of those things that are just a luxury? If we can have it, we can get it. I don't know. We're just going to explore those things. But I do want to tell you this. As a friend, you imparted something pretty neat to me. Uh, the last time we were together with um, our wives, 
we were talking there, we were discussing a couple things, and I think it got onto the subject of snacks and the snacks we enjoy. <laughs> and I can recall you sharing to me about the blueberry pop tarts, the thin snack pack version blueberry pop tarts. <laughs> and it wasn't too long after that where I had to taste for myself. And man, I taste and saw the Lord was good. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Your friendship has already benefited me. <laughs> well, well, I, I like to sow into your ministry that way by letting you know what <laughs> most benefits you. I love some Pop-Tarts, the blueberry one. And then my hit right now is the brown sugar and cinnamon. Those warmed See? up with a little bit of um, whipped cream is just the delight with a cup of coffee. See, you see? <laughs> Now everybody's going to be blessed by the friendship advice you just gave me. That's cool. <laughs> well, let's dive into it, man. Um, again, I thought this was going to be an important subject because, you know, when I think about people in ministry or going after their calling, sometimes in the humdrum of it and, and just going for the destination, there might be some things that they overlook along the journey and how important it is, especially nowadays, to have people in our life that you can consider a friend. And so in the extremes of up and downs in the jerky roller coaster ride of ministry, how important would you say it is to have like those steady Freddie friendships in our lives? I think it's vital. Uh, I would not recommend that anyone <clears throat> do ministry by themselves. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think it be it can be hazardous to one's health and life. I think that it is absolutely essential. Uh, yeah. When we look at Jesus, he models that for us. When he begins to uh, reach out in ministry to make the impact he was called to do, one of the first things that he did was he began to establish a team. Mm -hmm. Let us know, again, uh, don't do ministry by yourself. The team that you have around you will have a great impact on your level of influence and impact. I think that uh, relationships provide some critical things for us. Um, I think relationships provide for us perspective. Yeah. I think in the absence of having good people around you, you're left with only your view, your mm. perspective, your take, your idea. Uh, so relationships provide for us perspective seeing things from different angles, from different experience backgrounds, uh, from different educational backgrounds, from different cultural backgrounds. So it adds perspective to us. I think relationship provides force protection. Yeah. I think if we're not careful in the absence of having steady relationships around us, we're left kind of to our own devices. We're able to mm. justify anything. We're able to rationalize anything. But when we have relationships that uh, can challenge us, as the Bible says, iron shine sharpens iron, uh, yep. I think it helps to build within our life uh, the, the, the kinds of safeguards that need to be there in order for us to have longevity in ministry. And I think thirdly, uh, relationships, as I think about it, perspective, protection, and I want to say it this way, uh, it helps us or teaches us patience. I yeah. think when you're in relationship with others, you have to learn how to uh, give and take. You have to learn how to consider the other. You have to learn how to compromise. You have to learn how to serve or add value 
to someone else. Um, I saw it teaches us patience. And I think that really balances us as we do ministry, because it's easy in ministry to kind of get uh, insular, uh, yeah. get self-focused and think, uh, you know, the world revolves around us. So I think relationships are hugely vital to one's success and longevity in ministry. Yeah, I was thinking about that whole idea of perspective, because if you have that friendship there, not only the perspective on the thing that you're um, working through or the thing that you're inviting them to see with you, uh, but they can also see you mm. with that issue or that situation. So they're able to see that where we sometimes just see the situation, a friend is able to see both mm. and 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 know, knows us enough to see how we might be perceiving that and, and give us counsel, advice, or what have you that's tailored to uh, really help us specifically. That's good. I think that's huge because that adds so much awareness for us, right? Because I think to your point, they see the situation, but they're seeing how, we res how we're responding to it, how we're reacting to it, uh, how it's impacting the way that we're relating uh, with those around us. And uh, I think that adds so much awareness for us. And whenever you have more awareness, you have better ability to make choices and decisions. Yeah, I've never saw it like that. Like our self-awareness actually grows mm. because of the friendships and how they make us aware of ourselves. Absolutely. Um, that's that's a neat way to look at it, because sometimes we think our self-awareness is just our introspection of ourselves and being able to dissect ourselves, you know, accurately um, without anybody else's input. Mm. But I, I think it only can grow and it's only as fair as um, the the diagnosis or whatever we are aware of as, in regards to ourselves, as we let other people in to shine a light on areas we might not see. So, well, let's keep getting into this now. Now, is there anything that you notice in those who have found these authentic friendships in ministry? Are there like, like common denominators of people like, man, they really have people and friendships that kind of give them that perspective and help protect and give them that patience yeah. What, what, do you, what do you see and notice with those who do have those uh, friendships? I think one of the things that I see, uh, Apostle Centeno, is that, A, they value people. Um, oh. It's very difficult to be in relationship with people if you don't first value them. So one of the things that I observe is that they just have this genuine love for people, this genuine understanding that people add to our experience, um, and so they, they, they value people. I okay. think the second thing that I, I see is that they're willing to sow into the relationship. I don't know anybody that has significant relationships that hasn't sown into those. Uh, and, and, you know, you sow yeah. time, uh, you sow interest, uh, sometimes you sow resources. Uh, so you have to sow into the relationship. I don't think that you can have a healthy relationship without it being mutually beneficial. Uh, so there has to be some mutuality in there. There has to be some reciprocity in there. So right. those are two of the things I think really stand out, valuing people and the willingness to sow into the relationship. Yeah, so they actually become more generous if they're going about the relationship. Excellent. Right. They're generous people. That's great. Now, let me ask you this. Once you find like those 
few friendships because, you know, we can, might not be able to befriend a cluster of people, mm -hmm. but there might be a handful of people that we really are building with, investing into, pouring out. Once you find those friendships and they're pretty solid, is there room for any others in the future for those who might have to come at a different time in, in our lives? That's a great question because uh, per our previous comments, relationships require that we sow into them and you know you have so much to sow. I do think that as you uh, matriculate in ministry, as you move into new territories, it is necessary for new relationships to uh, to be made. Yeah. I think also it is possible for relationships to um, have an expiration date. Hmm. It is possible, I think, for someone in a particular season be exactly what you need for that season, for that level. Uh, but due to circumstances, and those could be many, uh, based upon where you're going, based upon them growing, not growing, uh, based upon geography. I mean, there's a number of different things that can impact the longevity of a relationship. But I think um, we have to be willing to let go and willing to receive new relationships as we move through. And I think it takes discernment to do that. But I think it is, uh, I think it is necessary. Yeah, and as those relationships might transition, there's a sense where they can still be cordial, but the nature of what they look like, it's not like I'm bitter because we're no longer friends in the same way we were before. However, it just looks different because of all those things that you, you stated. But the ideal is that there's still a cordialness and a fondness that we have for even the time that was invested in the past. Would you say that? Well said. Well said. Yeah, I don't think we have to burn bridges and I don't think we have to make enemies. We don't have to vilify anybody. Um, <laughs> but I think we can remain cordial. Uh, we can remain supportive to the degree that we can. Um, and I think that's a healthy way to do it. Um, and I don't know that, as you mentioned, that we need to label relationships as better or worse. They're just different. Right. That's so good. Now, now, when it comes to friendships, I was just thinking about the personalities of people and, and how sometimes we can gravitate to like the similar personality mm. or not so. But uh, what has that looked like for you? Have the personalities of your friendships, do they have similar personalities as you or different? And that's why the friendship works? Yeah. Tell me about that. That's a great question. I think for me personally, there might be a little more ease in developing relationships with individuals that are similar to myself. Uh, you know, we're kind of wired the same way. So whether that mm -hmm. is, you know, more relational, more uh, introverted, uh, whatever the particular um, style of personality might be, it may be mm -hmm. easier to do that. However, I think those that want to lead well and want to be effective understand the importance of having relationships with individuals whose personalities are different than yours because they right. add so much. I think for me, uh, it requires just a little bit more intentionality. So right. if I'm working with somebody or have a person in, uh, that I'm in relationship with 
that is more, um, I don't know if maybe some of the listeners are familiar with um, disc terminology, the D, the the C. I'm I'm more of an S, uh, I, C personality. So if I'm dealing with somebody that's a D personality, it's very driven, demanding, uh, you know, very task oriented, maybe um, oversteps boundaries. Those can be uh, sensitive points with me. But I have to understand Mm -hmm. that's the way that God made them. They add value to my life. I have to be more intentional to begin to see the value in that relationship and allow what they bring to the table to be benefit and blessing in my life. So it just requires a little bit more intentionality where it might be easier to have relationship with someone is similar, but it won't allow me to be as well-rounded. Yeah, that's when the iron really starts sharpening the iron right. <laughs> in those, uh, the, those clashing personalities. Absolutely. But it's so are there per- oh, good. I was just saying, but it's vital. I think it's necessary. Um, that's the only way that our rough edges get a little smoother, huh? Right. So are, are you have you seen like this personalities that don't gel so well? So they should, you know, maybe be more casual friends than expect to be tight. Like you said, I mean, there's, a, there's an intentionality to be friendship and being right relationship, especially if they end up being, you know, um, whether it's a boss or whether it's a leader or whether it's somebody you're doing ministry with. Um, but, you know, you, you can be casual friends. You might not expect to be really tight just because of the, the personality clash. Is, is that a way of looking at it or is there yeah. a different way? I think that's a way of looking at it. And I think sometimes the way I would categorize it is professional versus personal relationships. So mm-hmm. I think there's individuals that um, I absolutely need in my world, uh, especially professionally, that are wired differently than me. And, and for that matter, personally as well. Um, I think the way that I relate to them, uh, when we talk about them being a close friend, that closeness might look a little different. Uh, yeah. um, you know, it, it might not be that we, we hang out in the same way or do the same things that I would do with individuals that are more wired my way. But in terms of my value for them, my appreciation for them, my need for them in my world, that's just as strong with people that are wired differently than me than it is with people that are wired similar to me. Right, because I might have the personality that I want a lot of quantity time Mm. in order to feel like this friendship is working but the personality of the person that i'm looking to build with a friendship or what have you might just be not necessarily the quantity but the quality yeah and it might be actually in short spurts in big old time gaps (laughs) and then but when we get together it is substantial and we you know for that person it it, they benefit from it and so well if that benefits them and you know, I'm preferring my brother or sister, I'm preferring them, then, you know, I, I feel like that's, it's, it's building on that friendship. It's not maybe what I prefer in terms of lots of time, but it's quality time that they prefer. And so that's, that's adding value to that relationship. Absolutely. And I think a lot of that has to do with the purpose of the relationship, right? So, mm. you know, if we look at somebody like Paul in the Bible, uh, who had, you know, the three-tier relationship model that we see. He, yeah. had, he had, of course, 
Barnabas, who was his sponsor into uh, the church. He was his advocate. Uh, he had then uh, Timothy who was his ministry partner. Uh, mm -hmm. And of course, Timothy, who he was, you know, mentoring. So the time required with each of those might look differently. But all those relationships are vital. Uh, the nature of the time spent might look different, but all of them are vital. So I think you're, you're, you're exactly right that um, sometimes quality and quantity of time can vary, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship is any less significant. Right. We just got to be careful that we're not putting on people expectations mm. on them because that's the type of stuff that we we like, we prefer, and so we get disappointed when we're trying to build with them based on maybe more of our preference and our personality versus what they might require or what's helpful to them. Absolutely. And, and, and that's the thing, right? Expectations. And I think part of building uh, healthy relationships is being clear about the expectations, uh, both parties. Because um, I think sometimes when expectations aren't met, that's where the, uh, as you said, frustration and the uh, disillusionment comes in and pressure comes into the relationship that causes it to be um, sometimes toxic. Yeah, I think I, I always kind of function with let me, let me just keep my expectations low <laughs> so that so that I don't get disappointed. Right. <laughs> so you know, we, we'll just build. We'll just, you know, experiment some things. Let's see where God takes it and, and how, you know things resonate with each other, but keep expectations low. I think it's, it does everybody a favor by doing that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, so what would you say, like, how, how would you say you bring a cordial relationship? You're like building and the relationship is, it's pretty cordial, but you're, you're saying like, man, I would like to maybe move this relationship into, or friendship into like a f real friend zone into a place where it's really, um, a little bit more substantial so that they know that I'm for them and that I'm with them. Like, how is that something that's communicated? Is that intentional actions that are being taken? Is that places that we show up or things that we do? How do you, what would you say it takes to bring just that cordial relationship into a real friend zone um, relationship? Yeah, I think, um, I think it takes I think you have to be willing to give it time. Uh, okay. I don't know that it's something that you just flip the switch on. Yeah. Uh, I think it's something that you just have to allow it to be in some organic. I think it requires some transparency. Uh, mm. um, I think if you uh, hold guards up and wear math, then uh, it's going to hinder the relationship from progressing. I think the relationship to move to, as you say, that real friend zone requires some testing, which is part of the reason why it takes a little bit of time. So, um, you know, there's various things that you go through with people that uh, give them the ability to earn a certain level of relationship with you. Um, I do believe that there's some spaces in one's life that people need to qualify to enter into. And yeah, so good. I think testing is a part of that. And probably the last thing that I would say is it requires some honesty or some real truthfulness. And um, I think if you cannot be honest or truthful with, with a person, 
then that will tell you a lot about how far that relationship can go. That was so good, man. That was worth this whole podcast. I really like that. I'm going to have to uh, rewind that and listen to that later on, too, and take some notes. That was great. Oh, well, hopefully it's beneficial to uh, to those listening as well. I, you know, relationships, I, I, I don't know um, if that's a science. I think it's more of an art. Um, yeah. Um, so I don't know that this I think that it's, it's more of an art because it takes discernment. There's so much nuance to it. I think yep. there's some principles you have to be mindful of, but the actual working out of those principles um, can be quite unique. Absolutely. Yep. Now, w- one last thing here, like what are the dangers of having no one in your friend zone as a big time leader, pastor, what have you? I mean, I think you referred to a little bit um, in the start here, but yeah, is there anything else you can think of is like, man, these are these are things that we have to be aware of. I- I'm I'm thinking about, you know, even even the sometimes there's these scandals and that's a whole nother podcast Mm. sometimes you know big time pastors and leaders and i just wonder where were their friendships at yeah in those times of you know whether they were struggling or whether they were being tempted or whether they were falling into certain things and and habits that could have been um people could have flagged in their life if they were real friends and, and able to be there that close to them during that time um yeah, what would you add to that? What are some of the dangers of having no one in your friend zone? I think one of the dangers is is isolation. I think it's easy to isolate oneself. You can have people in your world, but really not have people in your life. Wow. Uh, and so, you know, it's easy in ministry to always be around people. I mean, when we come to church, we're surrounded by people. When we're in the office, we're surrounded by people. And you've got people in your world, but you don't really have anybody in your life. And I think that can set you up for being isolated. And when you're isolated, it's easy for you to become overwhelmed. Uh, And that's a very vulnerable place to be. You know, there's so many statistics Mm -hmm. out on pastors and some of the uh, challenge areas that pastors find themselves in. One of the statistics that comes to mind is that over 50 percent, moving towards 60 percent of pastors feel overwhelmed by their role as a pastor. So Mm -hmm. that's six out of 10 feel overwhelmed, feel inadequate, feel like they don't have what it takes. So here they are trying to be all that uh, they need to be, trying to fulfill all the expectations that they put on themselves and that other people put on them and they're doing that by themselves. That's a dangerous place to be in. So I think isolation is one of the things that uh, is a pitfall when one doesn't have relationships. I think a lack of accountability is one of the obvious ones, right? When you don't have anybody that can ask you the hard questions, when there's nobody that can uh, uh, look underneath the rocks and the stones in your life, Uh, Mm -hmm. When you have nobody that can look you straight in the face and say, you know what, you need to rethink that or will challenge you in the direction that you're going. I think place to be in when it comes to to ministry. So I think um, the big pitfalls that are obvious are isolation and a lack of accountability. I think the third probably that I would add then is that all of us have blind spots. And, um, you know, as it is when you're driving a car, uh, 
what can cause a fatal accident is what's in the blind spot. It's not always what's in the rear window. It's not always what's in the uh, front window. Many times it's what's in those blind spots that will cause a fatal accident. Same way in ministry. It's not always the things that are obvious. Sometimes it's the things that are subtle, the things that are covert, the things that are kind of uh, inconspicuous. Those things can cost us greatly. You need people to help you see into the blind spots. Absolutely. Yeah, I think about that isolation um, danger that we can get into when you get isolated and then you get overwhelmed, like you were saying, there's a sense where friendships might show up, but in because of the isolation and now being overwhelmed, you, you tend to look at people through eyes of suspicion. Mm. And now friendships that might be there, but because of the isolation has actually deceived you of not knowing who's friend and who's foe in those moments. And man, wow. so this is a real topic, man. This is a real topic. And uh, thank you so much. There you have it, everybody. This is uh, Pastor Jeffrey Smith just sharing on that friendship zone. How, how can people check you out and what you're doing? What kind of website, where you are in social media? Uh, give us some of that. Social media, you can find me at Jeff Scott Smith 1, the number one. Jeff Scott Smith, the number one, is where you can find me on social media. And uh, you can find me on the web at jeffscottsmith.com. Great. Thank you so much. And do you have any books that uh, you, you've, you've put out yet? Sure. Oh, you can, in the uh, yeah, I've got, I've got a book that you can actually um, uh, get a hold of by going to the website. And uh, it's called Breakthrough is in You, Overcoming Five Fears that Keep You from Advancing. And so in that book, I deal with overcoming the fear of failure, overcoming the fear <clears throat> of going first, overcoming the fear of investment, uh, overcoming the fear of opposition. And we look at different individuals uh, in the secular world that overcame fears to make significant impact. I think breakthrough is a dynamic that lives inside of each person, uh, but it's not always active. Sometimes it's dormant. This book will help you to identify that breakthrough power that's in you and overcome the five fears that will hinder it from being uh, a reality in your life. Well, there it is, everyone. As you just heard, this is uh, a man of God who's very prolific. He knows his stuff. He's a good friendship. He's talking about things he's actually lived out and currently living in. And so appreciate you once again. Thank you for uh, taking some time out to be able to do this with me. I consider you a, a good friend that we're continuing to build. And uh, you added so much value in this conversation. Thank you again, Pastor Jeff. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for what you're doing in the kingdom. I'm glad to know you. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Bless you, sir. Once again, what a great conversation we had. I want you to come back again because we have some more cool Christian nerd topics to discuss. If you like this podcast and you want to see other people that you care about be a part of our cool Christian nerd tribe. Share this with them. Till next time, this is Jamie Centeno reminding you it's smart to keep your cool. Peace.